Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. Now those of you who are listening and know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you obviously know that some of the content of that story is, well, not for young ears to hear. So we highly recommend that you listen to it first, and then see if you listen to it around your youngins. I hope you're familiar with the Chili Crew enough that they kept their story as PG as possible. Now, without any further ado, here's the Chili Crew with weighed, measured, and found wanting. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. Today, we're continuing into chapter 19 in Genesis. We just, what we left last week was Christophany occurred and Christ in, in uh, physical form came down and uh, spoke with Abraham. He hung out, listened to Abraham try to uh, um, haggle for Sodom and Gomorrah's health. <laughs> Great way to say it. <laughs> the, the two angels went ahead. And so this, that's where uh, 19 picks up, where the two angels arrive at Sodom and Gomorrah. They're seeking out Lot. They have a lot to tell them. And they're trying to, <laughs> to to leave the city. This is what's going on. You have to leave. And you know, Lot intervenes, pulls him to his house. Some of the neighbors show up to try to be neighborly. Lot is um, warning them off. Some neighbors, Tom. <laughs> neighborly. I'm, I'm oh, doing a helicopter This is going to be here. Okay, this okay, is going to okay, be going. going. Go, go, keep go, going. Go, go, keep go, going. Keep going. <laughs> This is awesome. <laughs> and so Sodom and, Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed, and Lot and his wife and two daughters, they, they, they left the city like they were supposed to. However, wife's, uh, Lot's wife got a little salty when she turned around and looked back. Lot ended up going to the mountains. There he stayed with his daughters and birthed two nations. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that, Tom. That was an awesome <laughs> overview. Appreciate that, brother. That was that was exciting. Oh, man. I, I wish this one was on video, guys. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Now, going from here forward, I have to say to our listeners that um, viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> we could be talking about some explicit topics, things that if you're younger listeners are, are hearing this you might want to uh, listen to it first before you share it with the family because we don't know what could come out because this chapter is pretty graphic yes Amen. the bible bible doesn't hold back it just lets uh, lets the people understand what's what 
I, I would like to set up a parallel here. Now, in previous episodes, we talked a lot about Lot and <laughs> his. <Ding. laughs> We've said that. Before. And his relationship with. Abraham and his relationship was basically very rough. Basically, Abraham's brother died, and so uh, Abraham basically adopted Lot. And I find it interesting that the last chapter, Abraham in eighteen, Abraham was hanging out in the doorway, and he happened to see these guys. And then, because it was hospitality, it was all about hospitality, and we talked about that the last episode. And his hospitality and his love for people and reaching people was he didn't care who they were. He ran out to them to be hospitable to them. And here we find in, uh, let me just read a couple of verses here. Chapter 19, uh, Genesis chapter 19. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself uh, with his face toward the ground. Okay, let's stop right there. Two things. A wonderful parallel of the hospitality that his uncle basically adopted father, if you will, because that was basically the father he knew for long term because his, his dad ended up dying. And Lot was doing the same thing that Abraham was doing, was he was waiting in the doorway or waiting in this, in this case, the gates of, of Sodom, waiting at the gates of Sodom uh, to be hospitable to those who were entering the city. And I think it was more than just, hey, I want to be a nice guy. I think he knew the way the city was. And yeah, so, right. He and you can obviously knew. see that because he, right just after this, he, he pulls those people into his house and says, no, 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 no. Come to my house. Don't don't walk in the cities, city streets. Come come out to my house and, and we'll go ahead and chill there. And and he he goes through this uh this interaction of trying to reach these, these strangers for more or less. And he, he obviously knows there's somebody important. He bows down right to their feet. I, I personally think he might've known of what they, they were. were. Yeah. Oh, because, probably. because of his upbringing and knowing what he knew. And all of a sudden he realized these guys are coming and he, he sees them and goes, Oh no. And my personal outlook on this, when I read this stuff, I, I see because of who he was. And, and when you look at where he was in the city, he was at the gates. His position there was actually a position of of dignity in, in that area. Like where he was sitting, he was there to, like you said, to greet people. But he was also like uh, a person watching out for other people as they were coming in. And so there's a lot to a person that sits at the gates. There's, there's several instances in, in, in the Bible that talk about people at the gates. The gates were also, they were also the place of uh, commerce. Mm -hmm. Inside and outside of the gates, they would have things set up. So they also would have like, you know, the shops were set up at the gates because at, at nightfall, they normally shut the gates. Right. So that would be a perfect place. Oh, hey, you know, six in the morning, right when the sun's coming up and open the gates, my, my shop is open, right? Right. And so, and I could see that because he, when he left Abraham, he was very wealthy and yeah. I could see him, you know, selling his sheep or wares or, you know, whatever it was. But I think that's, it, I think it's great that you said that when it, when he was there, he was, it wasn't just, okay, this is the position or this is where I'm at. It's, it's, he also, he wanted to be there to be that person to, to greet people, to, to be that one that, that said, okay, 
you know, if, if you need something, I'm, I'm there for you. Right. You know, if you look at his position in, in the city, you, you see how the people reacted to him when he brought the men into his house, the people came to his house. So everybody knew who he was. Like he was to me, I think he was more of a a prominent figure in the city. Well, let let me keep reading then. Okay. So so verse number two, and it says, and he said here now, my Lords, please turn in to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet when you may rise early and go your way. Right. And the angels stand up and say, okay, and they said, nope. no, 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 but we will spend the night in the open square. <laughs> Verse three, but he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. So he said they came in the evening. So apparently they're eating dinner. Verse four, it says, now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. So apparently they left this, they were going to his house. Yeah. Yeah. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who have come (laughs) to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally that's the explicit part uh so lot went out to them uh through the doorway shut the door behind him and said please my brethren do not do so wickedly okay let's stop right there he recognized that the sins of sodom were something that was that was like i i don't know how to put this like he recognized that the sins there were great Oh, because he knew. He, he, I just, he, he knew. Like, just like on a fly, he was saying, oh, I know what you guys want to do. Yeah, he knew what was going on. And and again, I, I think that's, I think it falls back on when you look at your personal life. And because of my upbringing, I knew what was wrong. I, I knew, I, I could see the situation, but I personally was not making a difference. I personally knew, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, we're, they're, they're doing their thing. They're doing whatever they want to do. I'm just here, you know, and I wasn't saying nothing like a bystander, you know? Like, yeah. Like a bystander. But the problem is just like lot lot should have, you look at what Abraham talked about. Oh, he he's been there for a long while. I'm sure he's got so many people with him. He didn't have those people because, and just like me in my life, I didn't have those people. I wasn't being a witness. I wasn't being a light in the darkness or salt. So to the, the world. people you're talking about are the people you've you've kind of brought into Christ or, or had been that influence, been that yeah, light. And, in and in life. my life, you know, when I was in the Navy and, and things like that, and I was in that foreign world concept from a Christian perspective, I was living like the world in the world, and I literally was. I didn't look like a Christian. I didn't act like a Christian or, or any of that sort. And so when I look at this story, can you resonate? I, I see where I was and I go, this is where I was at in my life. And I did the same thing that Lot did. And it's only by the grace of God that I didn't end up in the same boat. So, so when it came to Lot and his family, do you believe that... I, I guess I, I would ask this question to, to all you guys. Do you believe that Lot tried at some point to be that positive influence? I think in the beginning it might have before okay. he hit the city. Because when he looked at the, the fields of Sodom and Gomorrah, the valley of Sodom and Gomorrah and where all these cities were at and all this stuff, and it was lush and it was appealing to him. 
it, it would be just like the prodigal son looking at the big cities and looking at all the stuff and going, you know what? I'm going to take everything I got. I'm going over there. It's like, it's like, it's like the, how'd that phrase go? Uh, it's always, the grass is always greener on the other, the other side. side. Yeah. Okay. They use manure. Um, <laughs> right. And what was that? They use manure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's to me, I think personally, I do. I think he, he was at first trying, but he didn't really have that position like right from the get go he was looking at the wrong thing. And so I don't think when he, when he went so down like he there, slowly kind of sunk into the city's, uh, I want to say morality or maybe lack of when he first started, he was outside the city. That's what he's looking at. He was looking at the land and the lushness of it. He was looking for his herds to go and be there. If you think about where he's at in the end, he's not outside the city anymore. He's in the city. So you think he's in the city toward the end? Yeah, uh, well, he has a house in the city. Well, it, it doesn't say that. It just said he goes to his house because he was at the gates. Yeah. So well, I don't know. He's he's in the city, and I personally, I think he was in the city because they tell they told him, We're, we need you to get out of here. We need you to leave. I believe he was in the city. Whether it was a suburb city or the, the city, I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, well, but yeah, you know I guess I mean? that's true because there was he like was five still, or six cities He was still right in there. that region. You know, he was in that area, and the fact that all the – people of the city came to his house to me it gives a pretty direct relation that my my concept on it is yeah he was in the city but the point is he started out here he started out outside of the cities just looking down and going okay yeah i understand those cities are bad but i'm looking at the grass around them i'm looking at all this stuff around them that my my herds can feed on i want to i want to deal with that and so he was attracted to the wrong things to begin with. So he was for instance, I think he would have been best looked at as like a baby Christian, uh, a, a person that's that not really strong in, in the faith. And so when he got out to that area, he was sucked in and swayed real easy, but he still knew what was right, but he was, he was, so there was I, no biblical influence. It'd be like a baby Christian, not like understanding the Bible and getting in the Bible, but not having anybody else to teach them or disciple them or show them the right way or to help answer questions. It would be that same concept. So me. like he, he came there and like Abraham obviously taught him right from wrong because he, he obviously knows, oh man, these guys are up to no good. Right. Cause he, he obviously knows that. So he does know to some modicum, to some degree, right from wrong. Oh, go ahead. But uh, to me, uh, I'm sorry, I came from the heathen side. So, you know, I was the people around the house at one point. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> and I also know the fact that if you're a watchman and you look out the gates and you see somebody and you pull them in to protect or to watch out for their well-being, maybe wow. faith or something like that, to me... Honestly, that reminded me of the ghetto when you made a bird call or you yelled out 5-0 <laughs> and you made sure the fact that everybody either ducked or hide because then they could do their heathen ways and not get in trouble for it. Okay. So from a flip flip side perspective. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking about the whole time you guys were talking. I was like, yeah, I can see that. Some guy just watching out, doing the bird call. 
for all the people that know what that means, and I'm just going to leave it the way it is. Right. The way I'm reading this is that he gave up. I, you know, I, I see that he is still good, that he has his, his herd and stuff on the outside of the city, that he might have had his city afar off, but he stopped these guys from coming into the city. He was at the city gates, you know, and he knows what happens after a certain hour in his city. And oh, so that's a good he point. knows that his city is so far gone. He knows that he can't stop anything that's going on there because it's just so pervasive and bad that he's going to protect the travelers that are coming in saying, this is not safe. Come with me. You know, and people would see this. They, you know, Everyone watches a lot. He was around when his uncle came and sacked the city the last time and delivered it. So he's watched a lot. You know, and so when he took them home, when he took them to their place, everyone knows where he lives. You know, everyone knows him. So they could have, they probably could have walked a mile. They all know who he is and where he lives. And so Lot is trying to be the protector of the wayfarers coming into the city. And he doesn't know that they're angels. He just knows that there are two people coming in that he doesn't want to see, probably not make it through the night because it's it's dark, it's witching hour, and so when when I got a question for you, Tom. If he if he when do you think at what point do you think when he saw these guys, at what point do you think he realized like who they were? I don't think he knew who they were until he struck them blind. Because he was they, he was still treating them with that the hospitality that we were speaking of earlier, that now they are in protection of my home. And he didn't know who they were until they were able to strike everybody blind. Because up to this point, they were just regular travelers. It was kind of like a, 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 a turn of the tables. He thinks he's trying to do something to be hospitable to them and protect them, when in fact they actually have a mission there to protect him and pull him out. Right. But he was just going with what he knew, with what he was raised, with what he saw. And that's to be that protector. And he might not be the... the the one against the whole city, the whole the whole kingdom. He he's probably tried that and failed. So now all he's doing is protecting the sheep on the outside. You know how it said that the men came from every quadrant, from every corner of the city. What are they doing? Don't ask. Like don't seriously, tell. it's got to be. Don't ask. Don't tell. Well, like, it is. All of a I sudden, mean... these guys were coming to the gates. They, were, they didn't even make it, like, you know, into the city square. They're like, oh, no, no, we're going to stay the night in the city square. And he's like, oh, no, no, you don't want to do that. Don't go there. You know, like, they didn't even make it there. And they're at Lot's house. And all of a sudden, word got around like a flash. And all of a sudden, his house is, like, surrounded in, you know, I mean, we don't know how much <laughs> time. apocalypse. But... <laughs> right. It's, man. That news probably traveled as fast as donuts in the break room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had sugar and carbs in a while. That's mean. Oh, Tom, that is terrible. <laughs> it's okay. You're looking good, bro. You are looking good. Okay, so uh, so I'm going to con continue reading ver from verse 8. So, so now I have two daughters, and this is Lot speaking. So now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. I'm going to cover that right now. Back then, and I just talked about hospitality. Back then, it was considered an absolute, like, okay, 
Sully, if you were just, you were visiting town and I let you into my house, you were basically considered family until you, you were released from my property and you, you left my house because I took you in, I fed you, I cared for you. And that's to the extent, and I want that understood before anybody's like, oh man, this guy was going to give up his two like virgin daughters to do whatever they wanted with these guys. Like that's terrible. Well, the other thing too on that, I mean, people need to understand the wickedness of these cities. These people weren't there just to say hello. Okay. They weren't there to say hello. And this is, again, this is where those areas where the Bible gets pretty, pretty, you know, pointed on some of what, what this area was known for. But these guys were not there to just say hello. They were there to take these men and do what they wanted with them. That's what, that's what the whole purpose of the crowd was. The crowd was, Hey, there's new meat on the stock. Uh, you know, it would be like for lack of better term, it'd be like the prison cells. Hey, there's new meat in the cell block. That's why there was such a, a big deal for him because he's like, I I can't let these people touch these guys. And I understand that concept where you guys are talking. He's, he's trying to protect them. And that's, that was his, you know, Hey, these are, they're under my roof. I got these two daughters, you know, you can't touch these guys. And I, I still, at this point, I believe he knew that these were met. I don't, I don't know if he knew that they were like coming to destroy, but I believe he knew that they were messengers of God. I, I personally think there was a visible outlook about how they carried themselves and what they were because just how he reacted to them in every situation, it was like, no, you can't, you don't understand who these guys are. To add to that, if you've ever gone into the city and you've ever gone into different parts of the country, you can tell the difference between the ghettos and the actual suburbs and the country by just the way they dress. Correct. So if you look at a traveler, they may have a little bit of dirt, but they still actually have different things going on and they could be groomed differently. If you go into the city, there's lots of different dirt. You have different things going on, different smells. You're not going to be looking the same no matter where you go. So you're going to have that different set of clothing, the way you look, the way you smell. Even the way you talk, depending on what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So with the elephant in the room, what's with this whole, I'm going to give up my two daughters to these people. What do you, how do you guys feel about that? And what's, what's your, I guess, take on it? My, my take on this is that, oh, and this pains me to say this, is that the whole hierarchy, the whole level of importance wasn't consistent back then. You know, for one, these girls, these, these daughters probably knew people in the crowd. He felt that, you know, either if he sent them out there, somebody might stand up for them or take pity on them, or the girls know how to handle themselves in this area. Or simply that so he's sending them out there with swords. <laughs> for two, it was still his, uh, his charge to take care of these people. And he's just trying to take care of the guys that are under his roof. So I think that him sending his daughters out there that weren't claimed yet, I, I, I don't know if it's like his Hail Mary, his like, just whatever, leave these people alone. I think that's a good good term to use, a Hail Mary. 
Yeah. But uh Tom, you brought up a point and I'm gonna I'm sorry, but I'm gonna shoot that point down. Go ahead. They may know people in the crowd. That's probably one of the reasons why he sent her out there in the first place, because if you know of something but you have not taken it, especially in that environment, I feel it'd be more of a disadvantage because they know of that person but at that certain time they weren't either at a hierarchy they weren't able to do it weren't able to afford it because i'm pretty sure i might step out of line but marriages were normally arranged and i'll give you a pig for your daughter's hand in marriage kind of deal so they couldn't afford it but now they're able to afford it because it's like hey here you go they're free they're they're out of my bond and this is the way it goes but also on the same sense i feel the fact that in their culture at the time it was seen as a great disrespect to throw the people to the wolves especially right now to actually have the newcomers put to that test and everything else so he was seeing it as you know what you're giving your guys's lives up for this you will see a great comfort due to the fact that you're giving yourself up for your fellow man now something this something this came to me just now you know he he's probably also following following suit of abraham Back in Egypt, when Abraham knew that his wife is going to get taken, and he said, just go along with it. Just, you know, they're going to come and take you because if they say you're my wife, then they're going to kill me too. He was trying to appease exactly it. And that's the way I looked at this. That's why I was waiting, wanting you guys to go first, see what your perspective was, because I agree with you there. Because he was trying to appease the crowd in all honesty, he was trying to save his own skin. Is just a, to lack a better word of it, because this place is surrounded. Abraham I would say that the, the, his own skin concept. and his his visitors' skin, and like, his visitors, right? He was trying so to he's protect like, them yeah. because that's where I said I, I think he personally knew who they were, not what they were there for, but he knew who they were. He definitely learned from Abraham in situations like that how to respond to react. That's why I believe we should be careful how we do things with our kids. Because what we do, they're going to do. How we respond and react to situations in life, they're going to do the same thing. It just might be worse. And I, I think before I continue reading on here, because I'm, I'm going to read a, read verse 9 through 11 here in just a second. But I think to cap this whole, that one verse, by the way, that was all one verse. It was verse 8. To cap that whole thing off, I would say in comparison, in perfect parallel to what Abraham did with his wife in Egypt and to hear that was not that did not meet the stamp of approval for God. And I think that is the point with all of this. Yes, he was going to do this. Yes, he had hospitality. Da, 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 da. That's fine. But not all of his actions in this story were righteous. No. Period. So I and, and oh, go ahead. Yeah. But wouldn't that also fall in the line of uh, doing the right thing isn't always doing the right thing? <laughs> Doing the right thing for the wrong reason. <laughs> I think he just didn't. This him offering his daughters up is a show of obvious frustration, obvious lack of faith that the Lord's going to protect him. Obvious, you, you you know what I mean? Like 
I mean, you guys were all talking about, well, I think he's, like Tom was saying, well, he's probably just given up. Um, and, and then like you're saying, well, he's probably influenced by the city. It's probably a com- combination of all of that where he's, he's just, he's stuck in this scenario. He's put himself in this place that he's, he's backed into a corner period. He's just, he's stuck to where a, a place that he probably quite frankly shouldn't be. But now it's gotten him to this point where he's like, this is like the peak of his stupidity here. And he's like, <laughs> okay, no, just, I'm going to send my daughters. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, yeah. And I, okay. And I think that's so, why the angels did what they did in this situation. Right, that's where I'm going right now. Be, you know, and I, I personally think that's why they did what they did. Right. So, so let, let's go down that, let's go down that path. Verse nine. And they said, stand back. And then they said, this one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man lot and came near the, and break came near to break the door. But the men reached the men as in the men that came with them out their hands and pulled lot into the house with them, which means that Lot actually went out to see this crowd Correct. and shut the door and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Now, I, I find this interesting. That last, that very last thing uh, became weary trying to find the door. They were not giving up. No. And Imagine trying to attack somebody. Just just fathom this for a minute. Let me paint a picture for you. You're trying to attack somebody, and you have all of a sudden been struck with blindness. Are you going to still try your jujitsu on this guy? Are you still going to try to knock this guy out? Or are you trying to get out of there? I have. You I have all a, of a sudden just... I have a pretty pointed thought process on here, and this is going to hit home for some people, and I, I hope this helps you in these areas. This is what happens to people when they let sexual sins control them because when the sexual sins control you, you end up going way above what a normal person would do to get what you desire. These people were blinded and still they wanted to do what they wanted to do to the men. They were, they had that much of a desire to appease their flesh that their own well-being wasn't even... They didn't care what happened to them. They wanted it. When you, when you dive into sin and you consume yourself so much in sin, this is what happens to you. You lose all control. And no matter what happens to you, no matter what happens to your family, it doesn't matter. You literally want that so bad. You're willing to do anything for it, even if you're struck blind and in a situation where you you just can't see nothing else. You can't Marriage focus on nothing apart, else. Losing Everything's your gone. kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, everything in your life can fall apart. And we didn't we talk about this? I mean, what was that? Uh, who was that guest we had, guys? Wasn't it uh, Kent Dickerson? Yeah, guys, check that out. We yep. had an interview, a live interview with him, and he wrote a phenomenal book uh, of his testimony, more or less. That's what it was about. But it was talking about his addiction, basically. Basically, his addiction with pornography had a very strong role on his life and how it formed his own life and his decisions. And it ruined his first marriage. It ruined his relationship with his children. I mean, he just had such a hard time until finally his second, finally, actually before his second marriage, he... uh, 
Remade. Thank you. Uh, the book is actually called Remade by Kent Dickerson. You guys can look back on some of our live uh, live casts that we've done on Facebook, and it was it was phenomenal. We actually asked Kent if he could come back and give us just a talk on pornography on one of our live casts sometime for an interview. So thank you very much, Kent. And it, I, I'm just saying it was just it's a prime example of the the degradation of what it can do to people in their lives. And the thing is, is even in his book, he says, "Listen, guys, I didn't." even realize what was going on until it was far too late. Right. So and imagine that's exactly what you're talking imagine about. Like a whole city, imagine a whole city right. so consumed with the flesh and the sexual sins and the and the the wickedness of of themselves. They're so consumed by that, they don't care. They they don't care what happens to them. They want it and they desire it so bad. That's why they were pressing on the door. They were like, "No, give them to us. Give them to us." We, they didn't care. They're out of their mind. You know, they were literally out of their mind. Their control it was to a point where it was just that bad, and uh, yeah, that's that's just a bad place to be. The interesting thing, did you guys catch this up up top? Okay, so let me let me read this. This is what some of the guys are saying outside the outside of his house. This one meaning um, lot came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. He was a be- he was a judge. Now we will s- not well he says mine says acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. In other words, they at least it sounds to me like they had some animosity toward Lot because he was uh, in some way or another like you were talking about maybe he was like a baby Christian where like he was acting, he was trying, he was trying to do to. something right. Yeah. The and they is, took it, you know, got, they took it completely wrong he, way. He, he was trying, it's, it's that, that whole concept. And I, man, this is awesome. It's that whole concept where you, you, you try to influence people. And instead of standing your ground on God's word and doing what the Bible says to do, you try, well, okay, well I need to reach these people. So, I'm going to become more like them so that I can reach more of them. Wait a minute. The more you become like them, the less they pay attention to you. you and that's exactly them. what happened with Lot. He was basically, he, he went there to sojourn. That says that right there. He went there to sojourn. He went there to just be outside the city and he was trying to influence them. So he was trying to become part of them. And be like a judge. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. And and trying to dive into that stuff. That's why I said he was a, at the keeper of the gate, that, that person at the gate, you know, trying to be that person. Right. And that it's it came back to bite him because they were like, yeah, you're a judge. All right. Uh-huh. We're going to deal with you worse than, you know. And so, it, it, oh, man. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was trying to be that influence, but he wasn't living like he would have, should have been. He was doing the same things they were. It'd be like me going to a bar telling a guy, hey, you really shouldn't drink. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like I, I can't be that influence on a person if I'm doing the same thing they're doing. You know, you shouldn't smoke. <sighs> you know, oh, man, it's really killing my lungs. But you shouldn't do this. Uh, that whole concept doesn't work. It, it, it It's you know, and so I believe whole hundred percent that that's what they're talking about here, you know, in, in that process. They're like, dude, what are you talking? You know, shut up. <laughs> We've listened to you enough. This is, this is the way I see it because, uh, you know, this might be the unpopular opinion, but um, Lot traveled with Abram for a long time. And so 
He, I think, stayed in the area out of pride. That Lot stayed near Sodom because of pride? Because of pride. Because he wants Abraham to be proud of him. He's still seeking that parental approval. Even though he was held captive and he had to have Abraham come with his uh, 318 <laughs> men yeah. and yeah. set him free. Yeah. He still didn't want to admit failure, go somewhere else. He stayed outside the city. He had to have daddy bail him out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he stayed there. And I, I don't feel that, I don't think that he would have been saved if he wasn't righteous. Right. Um, I think that he wasn't saved because he was related to Abraham. I think that they were good people. I think that he was, um, well, his, he was. His daughter's. His daughters were uh, virgins. Okay, so that's right. a, that's a so perfect illustration. He was... he was trying to keep his home straight, you know. But right. and, and so they they, they said that he's not a judge, and so that tells me that he is in constant ridicule of their way of life, of their behavior. Um, that, that that he showed up here, you know, as a as a uh, foreigner. That he set up shop here. And now he wants to pass judgment on everybody. So he's in constant ridiculement of their way of life. And so now they're all riled up and they're like, well, we've had enough of you old man. And so we're going to take it out on you. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that he was just the old guy that was saying, you guys are living in sin. You're not doing this right. And he was being now going to be held to the held to the spear for it. I honestly fully agree with you. I was just actually going to bring up that point because anybody that says the fact that if you pass judgment, like I'm, we're sick of you doing that, you know, it's not like he's well liked there. So obviously he's either trying to change people or like uh, Mike was saying here, maybe he was the keeper of the gate and he actually started grabbing whoever and just threw him into his house to try to make sure the fact that they weren't taken the Chili Crew felt it was necessary to cut this episode into two parts. So you just finished part one. Wait around till next week for part two of Weighed, Measured, and Found Wanting. Now if you like what you heard, you can find the Chili Crew on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You can also find them anywhere that podcasts can be downloaded. We may not say this enough, but we appreciate every single one of you that listens to us. We love you, and may the Lord bless you.